Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. It was hard for me to picture what my future would look like because I was like, I don't even know how I live in a body that doesn't move or breathe. Like I never met somebody that doesn't breathe. How's it going? I'm okay. We're back in person. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My God, we're cool. Yeah. You had COVID. I did. All ever, it just ran through your house. I still don't feel great, but. And you don't know, like Jude was patient zero? Yeah. Jude and then I think Julia. No, Jude and then me and then Julia and then Claire. But Adrian. never Kate or Adrian. Which is what's in their Cheerios that they're like. Yeah. Super immune system. Yeah. This is not fun. No, I like 10 out of 10 do not recommend. No, there was lots of fevers. There was some throwing up. Yeah. There was lots of coughing. Was Julia the one throwing up? And Claire. Oh. Yeah. So Julia is the pukey kid. She is a pukey one. Yeah. I still don't have like much of a voice and I'm very like congested, but and I, I still have a cough. But other than that. I'm great. <laughs> Other than all those things are well, great. Yeah. Thriving. Yeah. And you went back to work pretty quick. Like you only took five days off. Yeah. I went back to work on Thursday. Worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Definitely tired today and go back to work tomorrow. So yeah. But then you have Wednesday of off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wednesday off. What's new with you? I don't know. Just before we recorded, I was like, what am I going to talk about? I don't, I don't think a dang thing. Oh, that's boring. I, Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I have a quiz for you. I'm into it. Because I want to know what side of TikTok you're on. I already know. But I'm just curious. I don't know. Okay. If I say mom talk swingers, does that mean anything to you? No. Okay. I did see one that was talking about a group of Mormon moms. Yes. That are swingers. Yes. But it was like somebody was explaining it to those of us not on that side. So there is this group of Mormon moms on TikTok who are gorgeous and young and have a million children and they're perfect in every single way. And one of them, I had recently found her page and she was talking about how her and her husband sleep in separate rooms. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's signs of divorce, blah, blah. A lot of people do that. I, yeah. I find a lot of people sleep in different rooms. Sleeping is such like a personal thing. And like you, yeah. s- people sleep so differently that some people just need to sleep in separate rooms. It doesn't mean that your marriage is crumbling. No, I think that's really valid. Yeah. But then she was making jokes about like being in an open marriage and like oh. her husband's girlfriend. And But she does a lot of these things for like views and clout. And so it's it's really hard to know if anything she's saying is true. And then all of a sudden she posts this TikTok about how she's in her 20s with two kids and now she's getting a divorce and moving to another house. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. So she's like, of course, she's like, I'm not going to get into it because there's a lot of elements, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Story time. So she starts talking about how her and all these other moms are with their partners are soft swingers and that they all get super drunk and they all swing soft swinging means you're not going all the way with the other person which then i'm like what's the point like you're making out with other people gross (laughs) yeah and so the rules are though that you if you're going to swing you have to your partner has to be in the same room yeah Right? Like you can't be, you can't take it behind closed doors. Oh. Obviously, because that would just be inappropriate. But I guess she did. She took with another wife's husband their activities elsewhere and went all the way. Oh, no. So that's a hard swing. That's a, that's hard swinging right there. (laughs) 
she's talking about how all these people are involved and every all of her friends are involved and there's other marriages that are breaking up because of it and all this stuff. And then the other people are going on live saying like, we weren't swinging, we're not swingers. <laughs> like, So there's this whole thing now on TikTok about who's lying, who's telling the truth, who's swinging, who's not. Oh my not. God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wow. No, that's not my side. Yeah. No, it's it's something. Yeah. <laughs> what else is going on? You um, said you had three things to talk about. Okay. So my second thing was that I'm a jerk. I Like, okay. I'll, so, okay. Oh, no. I'm, oh, no, you're not. No, friend. So I was at work and this customer came in and very clearly was a transgendered woman. Woman right. had done the name change and everything. There were notes on the system and everything like that. And I was trying so hard. You were like, this is my moment to shine. I was like, I am an ally. Yeah. Like, like hurry I'm, up and get your trans flag pin. I really wanted to be like, I got you. Yeah. You're safe. You're safe yeah. with me. But instead, I totally screwed up. What'd you do? I misgendered them. Like, how? Tell me exactly. So they were... Doing a transaction, we were trying to figure out an, an exchange rate. Yeah. For between Canadian and Thai bot. And so we're calculating and everything and working together. And then I was trying to have my other um coworker help me. Yeah. Being like, Do are you getting the same numbers that I'm getting? And so she's like, What are you trying to do? And I was like, Oh, he's and then I and I'm like, why did I say oh. that? And quickly, she's she. And I was like, oh my gosh, she. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she was totally fine. She was like, it's totally fine. And I'm just like, god damn it. Yeah. I'm such a jerk. That's so weird for you because you're so on it. I And I feel like I my language now is a lot more gender neutral than yeah. it used to be. I try to say a lot of they, them, and I try to not gender. So yeah, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. My brain short-circuited, and I felt like I was so nervous that I was going to screw up that I screwed up. When you're just trying so hard that you fumble over your words, and it was just like so stupid. I'm going to get you a little kit. I felt like such a jerk. I'm going to get you a little kit that you keep under your desk, Mm -hmm. and it'll have a rainbow flag. It'll have the transgendered flag. Yeah. And maybe a sash or a hat, like just something. Yeah. So that at the very least, you can be like, oh, I can help you over here. And then I'll put quickly, my flag up. Yeah, flag or on I'll the desk. I'll put on my I'm an ally pin. pin. Yeah. <sighs> so at least then if you mess up, they're like, that's obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, look at you. She's not a bigot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I I do feel like if someone were to look at me, they're like, she's a cisgendered woman, white woman who probably like goes to church every Sunday. She's going to be a bigot, right? Like, I feel like I present that way. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not. And so I want to like, I just literally wanted to yell at her as she walked out like, I'm an ally. Sorry, (laughs) and I kept being like, should I say sorry again? Should I apologize? Like, should I draw more attention to it? And I was like, no, I shouldn't. I was just having this whole emotional turmoil in my head. But you could tell that she was also very nervous because obviously for her it was a big deal, and so it was just we were just both idiots. (laughs) We got to find her and have her on the show about the time that she was misgendered at the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. I don't remember what my third thing was. Oh. I'll probably remember it later. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I'm excited that tonight Lindsay and the kids are coming here. I'm already Mm. at your house. Mm. And this is the first time her, the kids will, her kids will see your house. Yeah. And they haven't seen the kids in a real long time. I know. It'll be fun. And. And have a little barbecue. Yeah. A little BBQ. Cook up some food. I made a bunch of cupcakes. It is Lindsay's birthday on Tuesday. The day you're hearing this episode. It is her birthday, uh-huh. and I'm throwing her a party on Saturday. And, and you're all invited. You're all invited. We will send you the address. <laughs> It'll be listed in the show notes. You know what? Join the Patreon, and we'll give you the address. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I made, I was like, oh, I'll make mini cupcakes. I brought, I wanted three flavors, so I got three box, like, cake mixes. Well, yeah, you got to. But then I made the mini, not mm. really thinking... You're going to have a gajillion of them. I have over 200 cupcakes. Oh, my Lanta. They're just tiny. Yeah. But you did mention our Patreon. I did. I what is that? What? How? Sneaky like Tell that. me about it. 
It is a monthly subscription for more of us. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, for as little as $5 a month, you get access to two bonus episodes Mm -hmm. that you will never hear on the main feed. Mm -hmm. If you bump up to the second level, you get the episodes early. Yeah. We do draws. We're doing a pride draw for June. And if you are at the $5 level, you get entered once. If you're at the $8 level, you get entered twice. Mm -hmm. And And we're adding more stuff. We're adding more stuff. Keep keep your eye on the... I don't know what I was going to say. Keep your ear to the ground. It's going to be like, keep posted, but that doesn't mean anything. No. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, we've got some Stay good Stay posted. Thi- yeah, we've got some good things coming. Yes, we do. All right, let's get into it. Okay, okay. enjoy. Okay. Bye. 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 Hello, Laura. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It is so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you ladies as well. We have been so excited to chat with you. We found, I think I found you on TikTok, but then I reached out on Instagram. Yeah. I would love it if you maybe introduce yourself, tell us like a little bit about who you are, where you live, and then we'll dive into why I reached out to you. All right, cool. So I'm Laura. I live in Northville, Michigan. I was paralyzed when I was 14 and I broke my neck at C1C2 from cheerleading. I was doing a back talk. Apparently I did not talk hard enough because I landed directly on my head and I instantly stopped breathing and rocking this sweet ventilator and this extra accessory all the time. And I'm grateful that I can talk well on it too because I know that there's a lot of people it's taken me a long time but 19 I just celebrated my 19th anniversary on wow. Friday yes my quadiversary and so <laughs> I and I, I just feel blessed because like my family and my friends we do something every year for it and I'm like even 19 years later they're still like all right we're gonna have a party what are we doing yeah, yeah I feel really grateful that everyone's it was a big day for everyone there my family and everyone so it's like Kind of cool that we celebrate and do something every year. Um, yeah. yeah. Did you grow up in Michigan? Have you lived there like your whole life? Yep. I lived, I grew up in Livonia, Michigan my whole life. And then just six or seven years ago, we moved. I should name my movie Six Mile because <laughs> I'm, I'm like eight mile is so cool. But my life has been just down six mile my whole wow. life. So like we just moved up and down six miles. Oh, that's awesome. So 19 years ago, you were 14. Walk us through that day. Like how, I guess cheerleading is big in the States. I think bigger than Canada. We don't, I used to dream of being a cheerleader. It just does not exist here. Like in the same way that I think it does in the States. So had you been cheerleading long? So I cheered since I was in the third grade, which is crazy. Like we had like little Falcons or it was like our local, they had like little league football and we were little league cheerleading oh and three so out of the four of us were cheerleaders and one sister she has no rhythm so I was like she can't do <laughs> she gained it over the years but she did not have it at the time of high school yeah so like cheerleading is super competitive and kind of all over to be honest we're not like Texas too because Texas has some crazy cheer going on yeah. too but yeah. it is pretty competitive that we grew up doing this we're doing stunts and all these things even as little kids. And I knew when I was going into tryouts, I was going to need to know how to do some tumbling. So me and my sister were like learning to do some tumbling and it goes fast. Like it's definitely different than gymnastics because they're teaching you just how to do specific maneuvers like back handspring or the back talk or the back walkover. So it's like advanced and kind of really little kids doing these crazy moves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was learning how to do them at 14, but I only had been tumbling maybe eight months, six months, eight months. We're like a lot of gymnasts take years and years to like perfect these. And tumbling is the stuff that you see like on the floor, like backflips. That's the only thing I can think of. (laughs) Like the things that are on the floor. I only know this from watching cheer, but then the flyers are the ones that do the like crazy basket toss, like anything in the air yes uh, yep so the tumbling is like all on the floor and you're doing round all or back handsprings back talks front t- front flips yeah. <laughs> all the, you know and all those things and then like you exactly when you hit the flyer that was up in the air I was always the spotter that was the person behind it so oh, there's yeah. three there's four people in a, a stunt and I was always because I was tall right so I was like I got you I'll catch you <laughs> I'll spot the heck out of you yeah, yeah. Hey. but even at 14 like 
that feels like such a big responsibility to like catch yes. another human in the air. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about it, it's crazy. It was, and it's, I love to cheer. It was a huge part of my life. And I just loved like the teamwork and just the friendships and community that you made in it. So it's, I think it's interesting because I do think that there needs to be better safety precautions, but yeah. it's like a really incredible sport and like incredible just community of people and teamwork and everything. But it's crazy because it's not considered a sport in, in America. Yeah. That's like, that's crazy. Yeah. You're doing the exact same moves that gymnasts are doing Yeah, at a faster speed in unison with other, like it's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that, that there would be like a conspiracy theory about cheerleaders but they literally have lobbied against making it a sport because what's a conspiracy because i know so i was on this show with had intel a long time ago and it was so interesting and they did it about there's a company called varsity and they pretty much host all of these there's 27 nationals for cheerleaders like you're not really the the national champ because there's so many yeah like a huge industry so they lobbied to not have it as as as, not have it as a sport which means there's no really it's not regulated there's no safety regulations yeah I was like this is so interesting I I like never knew that and I'm like yeah 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 Yeah, because then more people would have to be involved and there would like you said there'd be more safety and then there would be less you you couldn't do as much because there would be people saying that's not safe yes well because Cheerleading has the highest rate of catastrophic injuries out of any sport. Oh wow. my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So were you doing cheer through school or through like a company? Like, so we were, I was doing it yeah. through my community yeah. and then I was going into high school. And that and is high school really where school cheer takes off? Yeah. Yep. And they do have travel teams of cheer, but we were doing, I wanted to do it for my high school. Yeah. Said. So can you walk us through the day of your accident? Yeah. Honestly, it was like the most beautiful day. Like in, in Michigan, it was like 78 and sunny. I uh. like it full day at school I was like getting ready and my sisters I don't know why this like still to this day I was like not really a big hot dog fan now but I had two hot dogs that day oh. like, I was, like I'm starving so, I don't know what what was maybe it's the hot dogs I don't know yeah <laughs> so me and my sister were getting ready and and I got home, got my schoolwork. We were going to tryouts and my sister took me because she was the JV captain at that time. So she knew all of, like what we had to get done. And so we walk, walk into tryouts and we're doing just like learning the routine and, and everything. And then it came time for tumbling. And so like they had like groups of people. And at the time I had, they didn't have professional spotters. So my sister's friend was my spotter at this time. And I just feel bad because like it was another student and that's like a lot to put on another kid. Absolutely. Like it's one. And at the end of the day, it was an accident that happened. It wasn't yeah. any of the fault of anyone. I just feel as though it was just like unfortunate that I have just another kid in general and my sister's friend. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going in there, go bigger, go home. I've got to go do my back tuck. So I get in there, do, you know, get on the mat and I flip back and like instantly I thought I had knocked the wind out of me because I had that happen to me before. And I was like, no, I'm not moving. Because like normally you just sit up and catch your breath. And so I just laid there and I remember looking at people and just like mouthing the words. Like, I'm like, I can't breathe. Like, oh my God. I was like awake when it happened and I just couldn't communicate to them. And so, and I'm so grateful, honestly, to be here because I never got CPR. And so they never like... So between them, me breaking my neck, them realizing it was something serious, them calling the ambulance and the phone call dropped. So I had to call the ambulance again outside. It was probably like seven minutes. And so I felt really without oxygen. At some point I passed out and my sister was like, well, you were like a color. No human should be like, you just were like gray. Oh my God. Like, I just feel glad that the ambulance got there and they intubated me right away. Why did nobody do CPR? Were they just nervous about your injury? Moving you or yeah. Yeah. I, that's all. I don't, I think they were in shock. Yeah. Because they call, they called my dad and he was, my dad's like, I was just playing flowers. And my mom was at a bunco party in the neighborhood. He's like, I honestly, and I had broken my wrist and my collarbone before and like during other times. And so I didn't even think about calling. Like I almost didn't call your mom, but figured she probably would want to come because they called him. Hey, Mr. Jackson, Laura got injured. She's on her way to the hospital, but, and they're like talking to someone off 
off the phone. They're like, where could Mr. Jackson pick her up at? Oh my gosh. Oh. I don't think they knew the severity of my injury at that time. And uh, was it, was it, was it just an, another bunch of 14, 15, 16 year olds? Like, no, there was coaches and oh, there, was there, were. Okay. there were adults and stuff too. And, and I just think they probably were incredibly nervous. I don't think anyone truly understood how horrible my injury really was. Yeah. You did the tuck. Did you land right on your head? Like on top of your head? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cause I have a little bald spot where I hit my head. Oh, that's like, so interesting. I know. And I threw it by, it's like super smooth. It's just maybe the size of a, it was the size of a quarter. And now it's like the size of a dime or a Oh, wow. wow. But like my sister would touch it. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> don't, touch, don't touch my bald spot. Like, I think I, because my pony was there and I hit the heart, the thing so hard. And like, now I'm like, I can touch it. But I'm like, don't touch my bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh so gosh. the ambulance gets there your dad is told to go to the hospital yeah so they take me to our local hospital and they cannot accommodate my needs at that place so they airlifted me to Mott Children's Hospital which is honestly I just feel grateful that we have one of the best children's hospital in the country like it's yeah. one of the top five children's hospitals and it's 20 minutes away from my house so I felt really grateful to have that so they flew me there and my parents ended up driving to the other children's house. Cause they, when they got to the hospital, they're like, oh my God, she's way worse. I wasn't conscious. I wasn't moving. Like, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yes. You lost consciousness and then didn't wake up again until you were at the children's hospital. Yeah. The next day. And so at night, like a blur, I know my family and they found out that I broke my neck. And I know this is a weird thing to laugh at, but my sister, I love her. I have three older sisters and we're all really close, but she was like 17 and she heard that I broke my neck and she's like, so she's just going to have to put a cone on for a while. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. She like told me this after I broke my neck. I'm like, you're so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the sister who also didn't have rhythm? Yes. Oh no. (laughs) Same sister. But she's like, I just thought I'm like, you'd be fine. And I was like, yeah. I know, like it just, it's um, on like TV shows or movies that they just put the thing around their neck and they just walk around stiff for a yeah. while. That's so funny. I was like, oh gosh. But so it was, I woke up the next day and I clearly was drugged up because I was just in so much pain. I remember my neck hurting and I was, had a tube down my throat. And so I broke my neck Tuesday and they couldn't do surgery until Saturday because my bones were pinching because of the swelling. They, they do this thing now where they cool your body down significantly so that the swelling doesn't get bad and they didn't know that back at that time and so the swelling was so bad that it was stopping my heart so my heart stopped like seven times (sighs) between in one day like on Thursday and then they were like we just got to do the surgery and get it done and over with I remember vividly this is I have a few memories of these first days and I just was so I mean you're just like confused about it but they had like a board with the ABCs on it and then like hot, cold, itch, whatever. There was like a few things, you know, words that they did. And I spent like a half an hour, like blinking to my parents said, I want to take a shower, which clearly wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to go to school, which what was I thinking? I was like, I clearly was on too much drugs. Yeah. I spent like a half an hour, like blinking out this. It was like the worst messages ever. Oh yeah. my God. And they're like, how do we tell her that she's not going to school? That's not going to happen, Laura. No. And so were you in grade, you would have been like grade seven or eight? Yep. I was in, yep. Eighth grade. It was May 13th that I broke my neck. It was not on the Friday though. It was not on a Friday when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Did they know at the time what the prognosis was? Yep. So they told, and honestly, this was a huge point of just like battling with the doctors and your own inner, because I didn't have a say and I was a child and I was like two, whatever. But one doctor was like, this isn't a life to live. You need to pull the plug now. And the other doctor was like about to jump over the table and like hurt him because he said that to my parents. And so there was a time that like I was on DNR during this time. So like, okay, maybe we should put her on DNR in case. And then they were like, nope. I was only got it for four hours. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we're not going to do that. For a parent to have to, because they don't know, they're not a doctor, but they're just like, how do you decide? They're just trusting the doctors and one doctor's words and and feelings towards this injury is very different from another 
doctors. Yeah. And so he, and I think about, I wonder where that doctor is nowadays <laughs> because years later they were like, Hey, do you want to be like part of our kind of like promotional program, like promoting the hospital? And so like, there was like, I'm not kidding. This banner was so huge of me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to podcast every day. Like, oh, and I told her parents to pull the plug. Yeah, because they're proving you know, it wrong. Yeah. 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 And I'm I feel so grateful because this life is is not always easy, but it's worth living. You know what I mean? It's and I think everyone has some sort of struggle or obstacle in their life that they think that they probably can't get through. And then you get through it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I survived that. And look yeah. at the lessons I've learned over this. Yeah. Absolutely. We all truly do have a story because there's been struggles or obstacles or something that's all shaped us into the people that we are today. And like my dad would probably be like, oh, I hate that you say that, but I'd say I wouldn't take my accident back. If I, I wish I could walk now, I'd be like, I wouldn't sit down probably for like 19 yeah, right. years. <laughs> wow. And so I just, I don't know. Don't you think that some of the things you've gone through has shaped who you are? Like, to, like, Good, bad, ugly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I find I'm having this like weird brain thing right now because I'm like 19 years ago. That was not that long ago. In 19 years ago, like 1992. I don't know why. Because I keep wanting to be like, oh, and I guess it is true. Technology probably has come so far. Yeah. But in my head, 19 years ago, like that was still, what year was that? 2003? 2002? Yeah. Yep. 2003. That's and I laugh because don't you feel like in some for me? Some way, in some ways it feels like I just was walking yeah. and in some ways it feels like I've been in my wheelchair for forever. Yeah. The time is so funny. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like we graduated 20 years ago, but it literally feels like we were in high school five years ago. 1990 was like yesterday. Yeah. 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 I, like it's so crazy. And yeah. so what, I guess what happened, you had the surgery and then what happens in the next like three days, three months how long are you in the hospital for? So they did the surgery on Saturday and, and they were like, it was a 50, 50 chance whether I'd make it through just because of how much, how bad my injury was. And it's, my injury is literally like the tip of your pinky finger. That's how, how much of my wow. spinal cord is affected. Like it's tiny, tiny, tiny. And they put, they did, they took part of my hip out and fused my neck and put it into my neck. And then they put a trach in and a G-tube in, and then they put a halo on me, which do you want a halo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We interviewed a girl who was in a car accident and she had a halo for months. Yeah. She broke her yeah. back and her neck. Yeah. 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 I had mine on for three months. Oh. And it was like, it was, I, I just felt like SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. I couldn't turn. I was just like looking at everybody. So I was in the ICU for a month and I couldn't talk or eat. So that was like nothing like you broke your neck. You're never going to walk again, but then you're going to take food away from me. This is yeah. some crap. Yeah. But so I, there's a lot of people that on ventilators that because of how the trach lands. And so they do something like a, called a swallow test to make sure that like, you're not aspirating any of the food that you're eating. And so a month later, I learned how to eat again. I, I remember it was like 10 o'clock at night and they're like, okay, you can eat. And so my dad rushed down to Wendy's because they had Wendy's in the hospital. And I have like oh. chicken nuggets and a frosty. And I was like, perfect first so, meal. Yeah. yeah. And then I learned how to walk. And then I just learned how to speak again too. And I'll never forget my sister, you know, not speaking for a month and not having water through my mouth. My voice was like super raspy. And, and yeah. I was like, they like took my vent off or they took my trick down or my cuff down. And they're like, all right, Laura, you can talk now. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> my sister's like, I love my sisters. Cause they're like, they don't hold back. They were yeah. like, are you going to talk like that for us? Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. It just made me laugh. That must be because the trach. So, did you know at that point you were going to have a trach your whole life? Yes. And what does it do? So, like the tube goes right into my esophagus and it goes right into my lungs. And so the, the ventilator pushes air into me and like inhales and exhales for me. And then if I like, like it's allergy season, so I don't have the ability to cough really. And so oh. they use something called a suction machine to suck it all out of me. And I laugh because my sister's sometimes when she's all congested, she's like, I really wish I could suction this out of me. Oh, I was like, the pluses of paralysis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, you have such a 
positive attitude and you're funny and you're finding like the humor in it all. Did you have that from the beginning or was it like, cause I know being a teenager is terrible and everything when you're a teenager sucks. Yeah. So what kind of was the attitude and the process of you being that young and having that injury? I was a pretty positive person before I broke my neck. And I think like at that time, I really didn't want to show people like, I was like, okay, this is already sucky for me and for my family. So I I didn't want to make them feel worse. So I like reeled it in. Right. You know what I mean? It probably isn't always good. And then I eventually, eventually it all comes out. So you got to face oh, those yeah. feelings at some point anyways. But like my family's super great. Like I laugh because my sisters were like, you got one year to pull this quad card, Laura. And then <laughs> back to normal, we're giving you crap. Yeah. Like, and so they would like, they would blow up like latex gloves and shove it in my halo with just the middle finger up. And I'm like, I just be rolling around. <laughs> They tie like a string to my middle finger. I'm like, okay, like they made it. I knew I, it was hard for me to picture a time at, at this time, what my future would look like. Cause I was like, I don't even know how I live in a body that doesn't move or breathe. Like I never met somebody that doesn't breathe. Yeah. You know? And so my family was like, you're going to continue to go to school and you're going to do all this and you're going to, and they really just felt lucky that I had so many visitors and just my family there to make me laugh about the craziest things. And there's a lot of crazy that comes with a new injury, like paralysis. Yeah. And so it's a learning curve. And I remember, I mean, one of my favorite like thoughts and I was like, okay, things aren't going to change, but I had hidden all my sister's clothes before I broke my neck because we all were going on spring break somewhere. And so I pulled them up really nice. I was like, all right, if I'm going to like make this work, I got to just put the clothes back one at a time. Otherwise they will know it was me. Yeah. They were, they were like tore the, our house apart looking for these clothes. And so my sister started sleeping in my bedroom and I like pulled them up really nice and put them in my pillowcase. <laughs> I, I was all about the long-term plan. Okay. I was going to do it. When she came up to the hospital, just so irritated and mad, she said, I found all the clothes. And I just was laughing being uncontrollably like you can't hear me laugh I'm just like like just this huge grin on my face because I'm like oh my gosh it's probably a good thing I'm already paralyzed because yeah. I would they would have beat me up for sure for taking oh my god around. but I knew that things were going to be okay like they weren't going to hold back just because I was paralyzed now yeah and that's really what kept me going yeah so what was it like come like did you do physical therapy occupational therapy I guess speech therapy yeah. Yes. So I did all of the therapies. Yeah. I was a therapy queen. And honestly, I always think like they keep you busy in the hospital, especially, I mean, I was just exhausted. Like I, I could not stay awake. I was just so tired all the time. And so it was a hard adjustment. I was ended up in the hospital. I was there for seven months from May 9th, May 13th to December 9th. Wow. Is when I finally got the A. And I was so excited to come home before Christmas. Cause yeah. like, and it was it's a mix of emotions to leave the hospital. Cause like I knew my parents could take care of me, but I also was like, I got used to the doctors and nurses always being there and all yeah. that. And so it was a huge change. You go from being independent at 14 to being like a baby again, like where everyone's brushing your teeth and doing your hair and doing your everything for you. So why were you there for seven months? What was the reason that it, you were there for so long? I just, I mean, I had my halo on for three months of it and then just getting back to normal and trying to get healthy again. But really they had to line up care at my house. We had a ramp put in, but at the time they're also putting an elevator in. I had, it was really cool that people in my community helped me get an elevator in my house at that time. Oh, wow. And, and I could go to all floors. So I could go to upstairs, my middle floor, my basement, which was really nice. And then yeah. now my sister lives in our old house. So it's cool because I, I have a little niece and nephew and it's like kid heaven in the basement. And I'd be so sad if I couldn't go down and watch them yeah. play and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what is the total extent of your injury? You're paralyzed from the neck down? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a C1, C2 quadriplegic, which is like, Think about where your ears are. Yeah. And then right in the middle of your spine is where I broke it. So from there down, I can move my shoulders a little bit. I can shrug my shoulders and I can turn my head, which is good because I couldn't do that for a long time. And oh. they ended up taking some hardware out of my neck and a different surgery. And so it gives me a little bit more freedom yeah. to move because a lot of people like me don't have as much movement. Like I had to have a strap around my head for like a year and a half to hold my head up. Oh, wow. wow. Like I was and so real. 
Yeah. Raggedy and all. And so did you go back to school that same year? So my mom's like, all right, Lauren, I love that my family pushed me to just do what you got to do. You're going back to school. So I came home December 9th and I missed that whole semester. And my one goal was like to continue. I was like, I don't want to miss another semester of school because then I won't graduate on time. So I was like, I just go back. So six in the morning, you know, I'm like getting up, getting ready to go to the bus. And mind you, this hadn't even been a year since I broke my neck. And I look back now, I'm like, man, the healing journey took years for me to finally feel like not exhausted. Uh Yeah. This, just getting used to this new body and the things that it does and everything. So I went to school back back in January and I was going a full day. And then I was like, and then I came home and did physical therapy for two hours. And then I had to do my homework and I was like, this is too much. I'm like, I'm not, I was like getting sick and I wasn't feeling good. And so I ended up to make up for the other classes. I took summer classes and did all this stuff because I had the one goal. I'm like, just need to do whatever you got to do to graduate on time. I didn't want to graduate a year later without with people I grew up going to school with. So it kind of, it was great having that goal in mind to me when things got tough. Yeah. What kind of support did you have? Did the school offer a lot of support or did you have to bring in a lot of support? So I had... I have someone with me 24 hours a day, whether it's my parents, a caregiver, a nurse, whoever, because the event comes off, we all know what happens. Yeah. But you don't breathe. And I always have someone around me. And so the school, I had a nurse. They allowed me to have my own nurse that was working at home and she took me to school. I had a posse with me. Nothing says <laughs> like I had my parapro and my nurse and me. And I was like, Nothing says, hey, you're super cool. Going <laughs> back into school, like with your old entourage of peeps. But it was great because I had a lot of support with, but it was hard because like I was learning algebra and then I was telling my pair pro how to write it down. And I was oh. like, you know what I mean? Because she didn't yeah. know, like, yeah, she's not like some algebra extraordinary either and so I was like probably like I did this back in school I didn't think I need it again ever again yeah and so it was really I like it was a frustrating time and I was I glad that I learned how to use my joystick and everything like so I got better with the laptop and all that so that helped as like the technology more technology came out yeah, I was going to ask you about the technology. Have you found a huge difference in when you first had your injury till now? Like all the things that have come out to help and support you. Absolutely. So I saw this from the mouse stick online. And so I have a phone holder that hooks up to my wheelchair. So you can see it. You see something next to my arm right here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's flipped back right now, but when it's flipped up, it holds my phone in place. And then I have a mouse stick that has a stylus on the end. And that's how I use. And my sister's like, can you like, talking real words because I love sending gifts like I just like <laughs> that's all we do like, there's endless gifts that's uh-huh. always they're always like relating to what you need to put out there so yes <laughs> and so Eve, even I used to talk into Siri I'm like hey Siri text and she'd just come up with the craziest stuff and I'd get so frustrated having to say it five times like, yeah and I was like whatever decipher it how you will yeah. yeah. Sometimes she'll be like, I had no clue what you were trying to say. Like, <laughs> so the technology has come a lot further than it was. And I'm really grateful for that. But it's crazy because like when I broke my neck, they're like, oh, they're going to come up with a cure for paralysis. So you won't be paralyzed for forever. And I'm like, clock is ticking, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> no time. And, I'll, and yeah. I'm glad that a lot is going on, but I, there's just so many people that are suffering and with different ailments too, not just people with spinal cord injuries. So I'm interested always to see what they do in the future with all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Were you received with open arms back in school or did you face any adversity with some kids? I left the school a lot different than I came into the school. So like, you know, with my friends and to be honest, I, I think at that age, kids have, even not at that age, people lose husbands, spouses, friends, this, that, and the other, when they have a injury or illness too. So I guess that's even adults, but I did lose a lot of my friends. And so I was like, I had a group of friends that I still was friends with that we all had like gone to church together and and whatever, but I did lose like a lot of my school friends, which at that point I was like, all right, I got one job, one job only, and that's get through school and get through this time. And I had a great time. Like I laughed because I call it, we call ourselves like the quad squad, except I was the only quad, but they had muscular dystrophy, the rockers oh, and the rollers. Yeah. So there was 
we all live in the same neighborhood. We actually all live like around the same street pretty much. And there was me and two other like boys in wheelchairs. And so we all became really good friends. And I was like, we're like the wheelchair gang. Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) Except we were not intimidating at all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so did you go on to college or university? Yep. Yeah, I went right from high school, the college that semester. And then I graduated with my bachelor's in business. And then oh. I took a semester off and then I went right to my master's and then I got my master's of business administration because I was not going into the healthcare field. There's a lot of things I can do and that's not one of them. Nope. Yeah. So where is your career path taking you? I was doing marketing and customer relations up until 2019. And I was like, I can't stand doing that. I it just wasn't filling my cup up. And I'm like, okay, Laura, got you done a lot of different things and why like in 2008 we helped change the law in Michigan for stem cell research and so there's just like a lot of advocating I had done over the years and then working this job I was like it's just not something I really love to do and so I was like all right I'm gonna take a year off and just figure out do new things and so I never pictured myself of much of a pageant girl and wearing a crown and sash. I was like, I don't know if that's really my jam. Like, yeah, I don't know. But I ran and for Miss Wheelchair Michigan and I won. And so I started going to schools and I ran, I won Miss Wheelchair Michigan 2020. I was like going strong and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, and yeah, of course. So I, that was like a weird time because like I didn't leave my house like the rest of us for like months. <laughs> Yeah, And I really felt so glad because I still had my caregivers and nurses coming in because otherwise I would have drove me nuts. Like just being me here with me and my parents, like, yeah, I love them. I'm so grateful for them. <laughs> but yeah, but they yeah, yeah. Me. we all feel that. <laughs> yeah. And so you live with your parents. Yes. Do they yep. act as caregivers at all? They do. So there's a few hours within the day where I don't have anybody. So like from six in the morning to eight in the morning, I don't have anybody and they just stay with me. And then maybe one hour in the day, if there's no one else here, they're always with me. That or my sisters come over or someone, but the majority of the time I have a nurse or caregiver with me. Yeah. Was that a struggle to, to come to terms with the concept of requiring the care that you need and the idea that you're not alone? Yeah. I think it was hard at first to understand, like, to be like, you, Laura, you have to ask for every little thing you need. Like an itch on your face, you have to be like, can you come in? Like itch my face like crazy. And so yeah. I was like a person that never asked anyone for help. Before I broke my neck, like I just was doing my thing. I was like an easy kid, I think. Like I was the best of the four. Yeah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) But, but, you know, and and then you go from being pretty independent to not. And then you get used to, I feel super grateful that I have people that like really take great care of me. And they're all like family. They're my like best of friends and they're like family. And then my sisters all know how to take care of me. And even my nephew, he's three. He's always, he sits on my lap and I have, I think you guys saw me spasming a little bit. So I have uncontrollable like movement of my body. So it just happens at any time. But sometimes if I, someone touches me or if there's a spider behind me and I'll I, like shake out of my, I shake kind of hard, but my nephew, he'll like hold my arms down. He's are being so bad. <laughs> I was like, they're not staying up here. He's like, oh. I know. Like, it's great that they all, and even my older nephews, they're always like trying to hold my arms down. They're like, you're strong. I'm like, I know. I can't move, but I am strong. Like, you can't hold my arms down when I'm having these spasms. And so I feel like great that the whole family really has learned. All my brother-in-laws, my sisters, my nieces and my niece and nephews all know how to take care of me. And so I I feel grateful for that because I know I would not be here without them. Yeah. It's like heart of hearts. I had a friend that broke his neck and his family wanted to take him in. And so he ended up in a nursing home and he passed away three years later. And I'm just like, God, yeah, if you don't have a a support system in this situation, I know that it's a death sentence, which is like really sad. I feel like everyone has a lot to offer the world, but it was just like heartbreaking that he didn't have that support. And that's what happened to him. So, oh. That's yeah. really, yeah, that's awful. Do you have things like ongoing, like physical therapy or is there any kind of, is there anything that, that helps with your movement? So I did physical therapy two hours a day, every day for four and a half years. And I got more of my neck movement, which is really, I know it doesn't seem like much, but to me, it was like a lot because I Absolutely. couldn't hold my neck up even. Wow. Like a little bit, my shoulders. Wow. 
I can be, I can do that little turtle. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing therapy, you know, for a long time. And then I still go back here and there. I actually had a pinched nerve in my neck last year, which was like, I already broke my neck and this is like the other BS I'm going to have to go through. I'm yeah. not going to it. But that physical therapy helps and stuff. I do try to have physical therapy and do all that kind of stuff. But I don't currently right now. I'll probably try picking it up later on in the year. But I do stretches and stuff with my nurses and caregivers every day. Because otherwise I get get like contractions. Wow. You're just such a ray of sunshine. Absolutely. I think that's so great. Did you find it really rewarding to be able to go into schools and places and have talks with people? Absolutely. I totally feel like I never had met somebody on a ventilator and I'm not every paralyzed person is like this, but I truly feel like I'd rather have someone come up and ask me a question instead of just being like looking and guessing. Cause I'm like, I'm pretty much open. Yeah. Going into the school has been great because I, I love the questions that they ask me and they're just so curious. And I hope that I can answer them in a way that makes them feel more comfortable around people with disabilities and that life after a disability goes on. Yeah. Right. And it can go on in really beautiful ways, even though it's like hard to imagine that at, at that time, I never would have thought that I, I would have done the things I've done and lived the life I yeah. live. And, and I'm proud that I kept going and doing the things I want, wanted to do and accomplish, even though life's not always easy, but yeah. as you get older, you realize life's not easy for anybody. So yeah, yeah we'll push through. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you have, I guess, in terms of like safety with cheerleading, did anything change or has there been change in the industry that you've seen to make things more safe? To be honest, yes and no, I guess. I think people are more aware of it, but the culture of cheer is still very push, 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 push. Yeah. And with it still not considered a sport, there's not really many regulations that have changed, but there was a girl named Michaela that broke her neck recently. Oh Even just, God. I think it was last September. I think she broke her neck. Yeah. She was like 17 or something. And then I met another girl who had a brain injury from cheerleading. And so these things are still going on and happening. I'm hopeful that at some point, like people will take it seriously, that this is something that needs to be regulated and that the push past you're like you even cheerleaders are like with sprained ankles and sprained wrists are still like, all right, you got to do it. You got to get, you know, or the whole routine's done. And like that push culture is still just being enforced. I feel like yeah, yeah. to some extent, which is disappointing. Yeah. And even, yeah, just to think of a 14 year old's body and asking them to perform these, this level of difficult stunt. Yeah. When there is such an inherent risk is so scary because their bodies, your body at 14 is still growing and developing and, you know. Absolutely. And I, it's like, just with that, I mean, I'm hopeful that maybe there will be some change along the way. But even after I broke my neck at my own school, it still was like dangerous maneuvers were being done and people were like, someone just broke their neck. We don't feel comfortable doing this. And it wasn't like really received well. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody leave cheerleading because of it? Did it scare people away? Yeah. I think I had a few friends because they went back and they, and my, like even my sister, she ended up, she's in the corner over here. She's like, (laughs) 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 but my sister ended up cheer. She ended up quitting cheer because that summer she went back and she's like, they're still doing things that are so unsafe. I cannot like be a part of this. And yeah. I had friends quit because they, they were going to tumbling classes. And they're like, you got to do this back handspring. You got to do this back talk. And they're like, we're not doing it. We don't feel comfortable. And so they just quit. And I was like, you know what? You got to do it. Feels right in your heart. If you feel like you're being pushed in the direction to do things that are unsafe, like it's not worth your, it's not worth your physical health. Yeah. And your sister and those other kids experienced trauma watching what happened to you. And so they don't want that to happen to them or see anyone else go through it. So absolutely. Yes. Scary. Yeah. It's disappointing that like adults were doing this, that you're like, they li- you literally knew what happened and you still are like, go, you gotta do this. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're just amazing. <laughs> You guys are amazing. This has been so great talking to you. I love what you guys are doing too. I I really do because I feel like it's so important to share people's stories and you guys are just sharing so many. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we really, it was born out of our own trauma and how we use humor to get through our own difficult times. And so we were like, there's other people with stories who can laugh and bad things happen, but to use 
humor and light and find some good that may come from something. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like you said, I think I laugh because I feel like to get through the struggle, sometimes you do have to find the humor and the crazy in the dark humor. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, you cannot make this up. Yeah. (laughs) And in some ways it's my friend has, she's had cancer stage four breast cancer for 11 years. And she said, I love making the cancer jokes and I love making people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You make them feel. It's my, it's yeah. My way of dealing with it. Okay. And I was like, I totally get it. Yeah. I got all my plot humor too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday and hopefully the weather's nice and you get to go do something fun. Yes, absolutely. Like chatting with you guys and I, I can't wait to hear it and I hope to keep in touch. Like you guys are amazing. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing. And yeah, we often reach back out to guests and either have them back or just get updates and yeah, yeah, like we love it. We feel like we need to go on some sort of like around the world tour stopping yeah. just because we just feel like we've made like so many good connections with people. Yeah. We want to meet them. Absolutely. Yes. You got to come to the States and hit all of them. Yes, absolutely. Go so on right here. You can come over. There you go. I love that. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great Sunday. Yes. And have you fun too. coloring with the kids because oh, yeah. you have one too. Yeah, I have got to go do that right now. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, nice nice meeting you guys. You you too, too. bye. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carly. I think we made a new best friend and her name is Laura. OMG, she's so cute and funny. Yeah, and she's so funny. She's like us, right? Like you got a joke or you're just going to cry, right? (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for being on our show. You were... So great, and Absolutely. we are going to keep in touch with you because you're just such a light. She's such a light and a yeah. joy. Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah. Great conversation. And I don't, I just like totally drew a blank on what do we even talk about in our outros? How do we podcast? How do we do this? It's a struggle. I'm going to say, I'm going to put a little teaser out there that My God. we are working on new merch. Yeah. I have a vision. We're looking at a, maybe a little bit of a different supplier. And I like that we never talk about our merch. So people are probably like, what do you mean new merch? If you go to our website, we do which have merch. I did not sign up for this .ca. There's a button that says we've got merch mm-hmm. and you click it and it brings you to our merch shop and you can pretty much get anything that says I did not sign up for this. Yes. Going a little bit of a different route for the next batch. Maybe some sayings, some phrases, things like that. That, yeah, that resonate with us. That you would want on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. Amazing. Check it out. Join our Patreon, Mm -hmm. follow us on all the socials, Mm -hmm. and I hope you have a great week. I do too. It's going to be today that people are listening is May 31st, so if you know Lindsay, wish her a happy birthday. Yeah. And starting tomorrow, it's Pride Month. Yeah, we're going to have some Pride Patreon episodes, Yeah. so check it out. All right. All right, guys, have a great day. I almost said gay, but it came out as gay day. (laughs) Okay, everybody, have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye.